The Boston Bruins have the best record in the league, but they probably got even better at the trade deadline. Meanwhile, the Vegas Golden Knights saw Jonathan Quick make his debut with the team, and the Winnipeg Jets' losing streak is over. They look to get back on track. We've got all that and more on today's Locked On NHL podcast. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Boston Bruins are off to an incredible start this season. They are in first place in the league standings, already have 100 points, and yet they may have done better than any other team at the trade deadline. Ian McLaren of Locked On Boston Bruins joins us to talk about that and all things Bruins next on the Locked On NHL podcast. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And welcome, everybody, to the Monday edition of the Locked On NHL Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So glad you could join us, and thank you for making Locked On NHL your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. It's my pleasure to welcome back to the show the host of Locked On Boston Bruins, Ian McLaren. And uh, Ian, the news just keeps getting better for the Bruins. You got the winning streak going, uh, fastest team to 100 points in a season, and yet in spite of all this, the Bruins may have done better than any other team in the league at the trade deadline. Which of the moves that the team made do you think was the most beneficial? Oh, that's a good question. I think, I mean, uh, the initial trade that they made with the Washington Capitals has uh, paid huge dividends so far. Uh, Dmitry Orlov has fit in seamlessly on the blue line. Uh, with everybody healthy back there, they've had to rotate guys in and out to see where he fits best and uh, no matter where he's been on the top pair on the third pair uh, he's fit in very well he's already matched his goal total in Boston the same uh, three goals that he had in 43 games with the Capitals uh, he's got nine points in five games I think and that's probably going to quiet down a bit but he alone has probably been uh, the biggest impact so far. Tyler Bertuzzi, of course, only playing one game. And his addition was a bit of a good news, bad news situation, uh, seeing as the way they were able to do that was some cal- salary cap space freed up by putting Taylor Hall on LTIR. So uh, they're going to be without his services for a bit. Nick Felino's injured. Uh, he was seen wearing a knee brace that's usually reserved for ACL injuries over the weekend. So that's not great. Uh, But Bertuzzi making an immediate impact, uh, the primary assist on Boston's first goal Saturday against the Rangers. Uh, And I expect he'll uh, fit in very well. So, I mean, altogether fantastic work by Don Sweeney. Unfortunate that those guys are out, but in the cap world, LTIR is a is a thing that you can make use of, and uh, hopefully they're back for for the playoffs. 
And then, you know, Garnett Hathaway is, the, is sort of a, a perfect playoff piece to add. He's a depth mm-hmm. guy, but in a seven-game series, he's the kind of guy that gets under the skin of and, and helps a team, you know, gets under the skin of the opponent and helps your team win games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they've got a few of those guys now between Brad Marchand, Bertuzzi, Garnet Hathaway, Trent Frederick. You could have one of those guys on every line that they put out, a guy that's getting under your skin, getting in your face, heavy on the forecheck, and can also pop in the odd goal as well. Uh, so, yeah, Hathaway, he's been uh, playing mostly a fourth-line role for the team right now, uh, making some big hits, uh, locking teams into the defensive zone, uh, tiring down the defense and helping make some chances for when uh, – the scores get on the ice, the wearing down the defense for sure. So here we are. Uh, we have about uh, a little more than a month left in the regular season. As we've said, things are going swimmingly for the Bruins. What's your biggest concern as we head into the playoff? Uh, you know, the playoffs are on the horizon. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess there's a couple that come to mind. The first being, I don't want to say complacency, but I mean, they're, basically have the president's trophy locked up at this point, basically have home ice advantage throughout the playoffs locked up. Uh, We could see some, uh, yeah, some, I don't want to say malaise, but just, you know, wanting to get through the regular season, we're going to see some load management. I'm sure giving some guys some nights off. Um, You just don't want guys to get, uh, out of focus with so much time left until the postseason. I guess one other concern might be, well, obviously injuries that could come up between now and, and the playoffs, but um, Linus Olmark has been playing otherworldly at the moment, uh, well above his career save percentage. Chances are at some point that's going to drop off a bit and uh, hopefully he can push that off to next season and, and maintain this uh, stellar run that he's on, really showing no signs of slowing down as of yet. And uh, the fact that he can be uh, given a rest, Jeremy Swayman can come in. I think I saw a stat today where Boston's backup, they have uh, the best uh, point percentage in the NHL with their backup in net. I think it's like a, a 760 point percentage with Jeremy Swayman starting the season. So they can rely on him down the stretch, let Omark have the night off here and there so that he's fresh for, for when the games matter most. You now have four days off for the Bruins before they face the Edmonton Oilers as they hope to extend the winning streak. What is the team going to work on with these four days? And I mean, I know I'm nitpicking here, but you're, you're top two in goals scored, top one in goals against, number one on the PK. What's wrong with the power play? It's only seventh in the league. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, they uh, obviously have some things to work on. You can always refine their game. That's a thing they've said all season long is that uh, they're not necessarily dominant every night they just find ways to win so you can always work on things that you need to carry you through the playoffs like the power play especially uh these few days coming up between games they're going to practice monday tuesday wednesday before thursday's game against the oilers and it's a bit of a a mini 
reset or a training camp, you might want to say, because Orlov and Hathaway, they were acquired while the team was on a, a West Coast road trip. So they joined them over there. Uh, they came home, really no practice time or maybe one or two practices that they've had to uh, get involved. And then Bertuzzi, he has yet to practice with the team. So it'll be three straight days of all hands on deck, get those guys uh, skating and practice, more familiar with their line assignments, and uh, hopefully they can get even more acclimated to life in Boston and life in black and gold over these next few days. Sounds like a plan. Ian, why don't you let our viewers and our listeners know where they could find the podcast and where they could find you on social media. Podcast, uh, Locked On Boston Bruins, available on your favorite podcast app as well as on YouTube. Uh, you can find it on Instagram and Twitter at LockedNHLBruins. And people can find me at Ian C. McLaren on uh, Twitter and Instagram. All right. Ian, always a pleasure, and thanks for joining us today. Thanks a lot, Gail. Always, always fun. Today's episode is brought to you by Athletic Greens. Our next partner has a product I literally use every day. I started taking AG1 because I wanted one supplement that could cover all of my nutritional needs. So what is this stuff? Well, with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adoptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all these things. And it's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day, and that's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Big battle for first place, the Vegas Golden Knights in the thick of it. And they've made some interesting new additions at the trade deadline. Chris Garlick of Locked On VGK here to talk about it with us. And uh, Sunday, a big win over the Montreal Canadiens and a very familiar face, Jonathan Quick, making his VGK debut. How did he look out there? Literally still picking the popcorn out of my mouth. We, we just got walked in the door right now. So this is uh, this is as fresh as fresh gets. And thank you for having me. Uh, I feel like this is the second time in like 72 hours. This is fun right now. Uh, Vegas, back where Vegas is very comfortable. And that's in the spotlight in the middle of uh, the mayhem. And uh, letting the NHL know what the circus is that the Vegas Golden Knights are. Um, Jonathan Quick tonight, very good game, good two periods, not really tested in the first. Second period, Vegas was outshot, almost tripled up by uh, Montreal as far as the shot disadvantage, and Quick kept Vegas in the game. Vegas enjoyed a three-goal lead, so you expect Montreal to make a push, and they owned that second period. Quick kept them out of the net. Fortunately, uh, VGK got a bit leaky in the third. One goal, the second goal that Quick gave up, not a fan of. He got just, he went down early. Player coming up the boards, beats him over the shoulder. He had a look at it. It's going to happen. No, no goal. He's going to go perfect too often. The first and third goal, nothing Quick is doing on either, either of those goals. But serviceable debut, 
crowd, huge ovation. Just it's it's crazy right now. It's so much fun being a VGK fan. It really is. <laughs> How strange is it to strange. see Jonathan Very. in a VGK uniform? I've lost count of the number of tweets I've put out in the last probably 72 to 96 hours about just trying to wrap my head around this. And we talked about this on Thursday or Friday. Jonathan Quick is a Vegas Golden Knights, which by its just by itself, that's amazing. And it's by way of the Columbus Blue Jackets. We didn't even get them directly from the Kings. So, I mean, in a year with just so much craziness and bizarro and whatever. But, you know, back to the serious side, um, he's going to be, what, a top three, top five, as far as American goalie, American-born goalies go when the dust settles. And, you know, he's made a whole – He's made a living off of just making remarkable saves and big moments. Um, fun to watch. Uh, he had a moment where he lost his stick. Looked like the Montreal defender didn't necessarily try and kick at it because he was jockeying for position with a VGK defenseman. But whatever it was, it got Quick's attention. Quick picked up the stick and boom, he gave a gave a nice little old school Ron Hextall to the back of uh, the numbers to get out of my or in your words, maybe Billy Smith, the language you'll understand there a little bit go. better. <laughs> God, Billy, I love watching his videos. I'm not going to lie, but back to VGK, just so much fun with what's happening right now. And Quick's the Vegas Golden Knight. It's I'm still just in shock right now of the just it, you can't process it i and this isn't me fanboying that we have jonathan quick this superstar amazing goalie because we're going to acknowledge quick for what he is this season and it's not been good the numbers haven't been good but for me just saying jonathan quick is a vegas golden knight playing against him you know watching the vegas golden knights play him for the last five years and then now just it's so unexpected just it's it's fun this is what this is what drives sports right now people this is just so much fun yeah, no, no question about it. And look, Quick wasn't the only player that the Vegas Golden Knights acquired at the trade deadline to make a big contribution in the win over the Canadiens on Sunday. You got two goals from Ivan Barbashev, and you get an assist from Teddy Bluger. It's like the new guys are all pitching in right away. So kind of start with Bluger first. Uh, Bluger was brought in to be the fourth-line center, replacing Nicholas Waugh. I say replacing because Nick Waugh is currently injured. I think day-to-day is the prognosis right now. So we'll see exactly what that means in VGK terms. It could be LTIR in a matter of seconds, but we'll uh, we'll see what happens with that. Um, but, again, to shore up that fourth-line defense and take a role in the power play. Ivan Barbashev, I mean – I don't know what I expected from him. I saw he had a 60-point season, and then last year he didn't do too well. This season not doing too well. And it's like, okay, what are they hoping for out of this guy? And then one of my tweets during the game today was, it seems like Barbashev is the missing link until Stone, if Stone comes back at all this season, or not this season, but in some time into the playoffs. Barbashev, five points, three games, and that includes his first game where he the team got skunked. They got shut out by the Avs 3-0. So really it's five points and just uh, two games for, or it might be five and three, whatever. Either way, Barbashev is very noticeable out there. And more importantly, he is the recipient, if you will, of these Jack Eichel dishes, and he's just able to finish them off, whereas Vegas has rotated probably six forwards in that wing position that couldn't consistently stay with him because they couldn't, you know, they couldn't cut it. Call it what it is. So it uh, looks like these three additions have energized the team right now. 
new identity. So one of the things me and Tony unlocked on Vegas Golden Knights have talked about is what is the identity identity of the team? Like when you think about teams coming in, you can pretty quickly, okay, the Carolina Hurricanes, high octane, lockdown type of defense type of team, uh, just throwing an East Coast team, the Flyers in your face, not a lot of space on the ice. You know, we, we can do this for a long time here. VGK lacked identity really until the trade deadline, and now they are going to be a stout defensive team. And when their top six is healthy, their top six defense, that is, uh, I don't have the stats in front of me, but they're basically a 500 team plus a little bit when one of their six defensemen is gone, which was for a long time this season, unfortunately. And when the six defense are there, they are a very difficult team to beat. Now you add Barbashev, you add Bluger. At one point, Barbashev and Bluger were, were uh, the first over the boards on a penalty kill. And uh, listening to the post game on the way home, William Carlson, day one VGK misfit, right? Very good on the penalty kill. Got paid after he had a, a crazy 40-plus goal season. Hasn't even sniffed that since then, unfortunately. But he was also one of our best penalty killers. Tonight, Ivan Barbashev had more minutes on the ice than William Carlson. So this is showing you that Cassidy, uh, Coach Cassidy, that is, had, I think, some influence on these two individuals joining the team. These are his guys, right? Cassidy is starting to get his guys, his identity, and it's uh, – it's, it's exciting right now. It's re-energized me as a fan. I also do the media side, but I do half the games usually with my kid as a fan in our season tickets and half the games in the press box. And this is fun right now. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, no question. What is the key to Vegas finishing strong and winning this division? And how important is it that they win the division? Um, Reverse question, how important is it, is it that they win the division? I don't think it's that important, honestly. Um, the playoffs, there's such a razor-thin margin of all the teams in the playoffs. And the home ice, I mean, Vegas has played better on the road than at home for most of the games. So if EGK is, you know, first or second, I don't think that's a big deal. Um, if they drop to third, you know, and start on the road, I would, wouldn't, that wouldn't be optimal, but you know, it'd be nice to win the, win the Pacific and have the best record in the West, but that's not going to be an indicator of how deep we go. Uh, you had another question in there. No, the, 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 those were the two. How important oh, is the keys. It? What's the key? That's right. yes, about the key. The key is just the defense keeping up right now. Uh, the defense needs to be a shutdown defense and, you know, VGK has kind of shifted the mindset. It's winning a lot of three to two type of games, two to one type of games. Scores you commonly see in the playoffs. Earlier in the season, I would have told you, listen, Vegas is going to have to win a lot of five, four games, right? A lot of six, four games. And that's not a recipe for success for too many teams in this league. If you can win a lot of games, three to two, two to one in the playoffs, you're going to go deep. I don't care if you're in the East or the West, you're going to go deep. All right. Well, Chris, why don't you tell our viewers and our listeners where they could find the podcast and where they could find you on social media? Uh, Locked on Vegas Golden Knights, YouTube, anywhere you find your podcast. Uh, my personal Twitter is at TD Chris G. Again, that's like touchdown TD Chris G. All right, Chris, always a pleasure. Thanks for joining us today. I'll see you next week. <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. If you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories, then you got to try a Built Bar. What makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they are covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievably great flavors like peanut butter brownie, coconut almond, churro, and my personal favorite, cookies and cream. 
and the macros are outstanding. Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar on average per bar, but they pack a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. Now you can still have a box delivered to your door by going to built.com, but now you can also pick them up right away at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. So now you have more choices anytime you're looking for a built bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It is my pleasure to welcome back to the show the host of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, Harrison Lee. And Harrison, it hasn't been an easy week or so in Winnipeg, but the five-game losing streak is over. What is the mood in Winnipeg right now that the trade deadline is passed and uh, a lot of media at least seems very disappointed in the return over the trade deadline. Yeah. I think the, the mood is pretty much the same as the media. Everyone's just pretty underwhelmed. Um, you know, everyone was like, Oh, the jets coming into this trade deadline, they could do literally anything. They might be able to swing Timo Meyer, Jakob Chikrin, all of the big fancy names. Uh, unfortunately, when you say you can do anything, that also includes nothing. Uh, and the Jets didn't do nothing. That that would be disingenuous. But I think everyone can also say, yeah, it, it wasn't quite the trade deadline that I think a lot of us were expecting, especially for a team that's like really running out of time with the score. Yeah, um, we were talking before we started recording. It's this year and next year before some real changes are likely coming. Let's talk about the two players that they did add. Nino Niederreiter uh, was the first addition, and and he seems to be pitching in and, and contributing in his first few games in a Jets uniform. Yeah, I, I think he's got like three or so assists already. He's been very noticeable. I mean, you, you know, the, the profile for him was he's a shooter, but I think in some ways people maybe overlook the fact that he's just – a really versatile sort of do it all attacker, a guy who's very good at facilitating. He's got nice vision. I, I like the way that he looks for different uh, scoring spaces. I think spatial awareness, especially with your line mates is always something that's difficult to figure out uh, once you join a new team, but Nino really doesn't seem to have that issue. He basically slotted right in. Um, I think he was with Shifley the other night and he just seems to be kind of vibing and enjoying life. Yeah, well, the, that's at least a, a solid addition. Not a not an earth-changing move, but but a plus. And then the second move, Vladislav Nemestikov. What are your thoughts on his addition? Vlad is a a nice like replacement for some of the guys in the bottom six. I think the the thing with him that usually people associate is more on the defensive side. When it comes to offense, you're not really going to expect him to score like. I don't know, 20, 30 points. Maybe that's a little uh, a little much in a limited role. I think he'll certainly fulfill like a, a need for the Jets. Um, right now, our, our wing depth and our center depth in the bottom six, it's not great. And, you know, David Gustafson, for me, who's been one of our most exciting prospects, he unfortunately gets hurt a lot. So in terms of like climbing up the ranks and filling those roles, the Jets wanted to add a little bit more back-end insurance um, and Nemesnikov in his first game, I thought was solid. He had some nice shot blocks, did some solid PK work, uh, actually had a couple of decent scoring chances. thought he got himself into good spots. Um, but again, I, I think if Nino was like a very good trade, this one's just sort of eh. And I think the funniest part is, you know, the Jets traded for a guy that got 
replaced by a player the Jets waived. So in a way, um, you, you waive Michael Isamont that you trade for uh, the, the player he replaced. I guess it comes full circle or something. There's irony in there somewhere, you know, <laughs> no question about that. During the five-game losing streak, it seems defense was a big problem, giving up a lot of goals. What was the the big issue facing this team, and how do they correct it to right things as we head into the stretch drive? So there were strangely like two particular things, because in terms of how the Jets were playing, it actually wasn't as different from uh, when they were winning games as it would seem. But unfortunately, they, they couldn't find the back of the net, which has kind of been a recurring theme for, I'd say, the past two months. Uh, that's why Timo Meyer and some of the other guys were really big um, needs for this team. But the second issue is Hellebuck finally is looking more like a normal human being for once. Uh, you know, the past few games, he's led in a few goals that by most goals tender standards, I think they would struggle to save. But we all know Hellebuck is basically like a brick wall. So um, for him, it's it's been a little bit of a tough stretch. But I mean, the dude's carried us for so long that I, I don't really think anyone uh, should really be pointing daggers at him. You know, at the end of the day, the Jets just weren't really scoring enough. Uh, apparently, the solution is just to play the Oilers because you're going to score tons of goals. Uh, sorry, Jack Campbell and uh, Stuart Skinner, but they they were not exactly stopping the puck all that well. Yeah, no, no question about that. Do you think that Hellebuck's recent schedule uh, struggles rather is due to overwork? I mean, he's already started 48 games this year. Uh, yeah, it could be. Um, sometimes he has stretches during seasons where he also just maybe loses a little bit of focus or something. And then after a couple of bad games, he then goes on like a 10 game streak where he's posting like nine twenties, nine thirties. So uh, I just think it's one of those things where, you know, maybe a few bounces don't quite work. He misses one or two reads, uh, but we sort of expect him over the next couple of weeks to rebound with him. I, I, I don't know so much with fatigue. Uh, it, it hasn't been an issue too much previously, though. I do think it would have been nice to give him more days off, but sometimes he gets time off and then he comes back and he posts like three or four not so great games. So with him, you just sort of have to hope that uh, his natural talent kind of comes back and takes over. 19 games left on the schedule. It's a dogfight all the way through the central division. What do the Jets have to do better in these final 19 games to A, clinch a playoff spot and then B, set themselves up for a competitive playoff run? Um, I think the main thing is just scoring more. I mean, it sounds really like silly, but uh, the, the Jets just were basically not getting anything from the bottom six, and the top six was also kind of scuffling. So I think once the goal scoring returns and Hellebuck maybe has a few extra solid games, um, things are going to be better. Uh, Winnipeg, I think, is not going to become a defensive juggernaut, so I'm not even going to bother asking for that. Um, surprisingly, if you look at the numbers under the surface, the Jets have been a lot better this year than previous seasons when it comes to like limiting the, the quality and the number of chances. But there are some things that you just know are not going to really work out. Uh, Neil Pionk, for example, has really struggled this year. And, you know, every time he seems to touch the puck in his own end, something bad usually happens. As long as you can kind of find ways to mitigate around issues like that, the Jets are going to be as fine as they can be. But I'm sure that they probably looked at the Eastern Conference and were like, yeah, um, we're not going to bother this year. So. <laughs> All right. Well, Harrison, why don't you tell our viewers and our listeners where they could find the podcast and where they could find you on social media? 
So you can find us at Locked On Winnipeg Jets. As uh, Gil said, we are part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You know, we're available on all your favorite podcasting platforms. And you can find me on our social medias at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. All right, Harrison, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On NHL podcast. I want to thank my guest, Ian McLaren of Locked On Boston Bruins, Chris Garlick of Locked On VGK, and Harrison Lee of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. I'm Gil Martin. I'm here every Monday. I also co-host the Friday edition of Locked On NHL along with Rachel Donner. And don't forget, Locked On NHL is here every Monday through Friday, bringing you the best stories from around the league every day. So... Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe, and thanks for listening to the Locked On NHL Podcast.